Welcome to Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And this is the show where we look at the back catalogue of Deke Entertainment and appraise whether it's worth watching still. And this week, our category is... Educational Gubbins. I, I was going to go more specific than that, especially as one of them actually does have an educational segment at the end, doesn't it? Yep. Both of them Blimey. are technically educational gubbins. Uh, they're both historical fiction of sorts. I wouldn't say fiction for one of them. Well, actually, yeah, you know what? I, I, I see your point. Let's just get on to it, shall we? What's our first cartoon? Our first cartoon of the two this episode is The Mysterious Cities of Gold. A bit higher, I think. In 1982, uh, Dick had just come off of the success of Ulysses 31, which, as we all know, if you listen to the episode on Ulysses 31, was uh, Jean Chalopin's uh, attempt at making mainstream French anime. Yeah, it was this kind of weird, slow-burn sci-fi epic that was, um, what was it, largely based on Homer's Odyssey, was it? Yes. It was a fascinating little thing, to be honest. And if it wasn't such a slow burn, I would probably watch the entire thing by now. I mean, visually it was gorgeous as well. Yes. Which helped. Wonderful show. Um, I mean, compared to the other stuff nowadays, it's not ranking quite so high, and I think that's mainly due to it being such a slow uh, show yes. to get through in the first place, but... Otherwise, it's pretty pretty high up there and amongst the uh, the various shows that we have seen so far. But yes, this was the first attempt at making uh, something for the French market that wasn't Japanesery, uh, which was what the French were derogatorily terming anime. And Mysterious Cities of Gold was the second uh, one. It was in development at the same time as Ulysses 31. It shows because it looks very similar. Um, and it was a co-production between Deke and Piero. I, is it Piero? P-I-E-R-R-O-T. Uh, regardless, that's the anime... Piero? St- quite possibly. Uh, either way, it's the anime studio uh, most known these days for Bleach and Naruto. So it was co-written by um, Jean Chalopin and some other bloke I can't remember the name of. Great note-taking skills Great note-taking there. skills. Uh, but also very loosely based on The King's Fifth by Scott O'Dell. And the idea of it is that a 
group of children are basically chased across the new world of uh, Southern America by conquistadors. Uh, halfway along the way, they basically discover that um, South America is full of ancient technology from a long dead civilization. The Incas? No. Oh. The Incas were in fact uh, just there. Oh, okay. The um, the lost civilization is the, if I just go down to my notes, um, it's the Hiver. Hiva? H-I-V-A. Basically, um, it's slightly different in the French, the original French. Uh, they were called the Moo in the French, uh, which obviously you'd choose a slightly different one for the English term. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah. Uh, but they changed it to the Hiva, which is basically the same thing, because both of these are weird uh, pseudoscientific conspiracy theorists believe that these are lost continents that have collapsed into the Pacific Ocean. Okay, so uh, the main character is Esteban. He is a orphan boy who was transported from the New World uh, back to Spain, where somehow he has powers that allow him to alter weather. Magic. Or ancient alien technology, because this gets some places eventually. Um, he teams up with a... Uh, well, basically, it's the sailor who saved him in the first place back in the New World who tells him that his father might still be alive. That's Mendoza. Uh, Mendoza is kind of this manipulative figure, but also the leader. I, I felt it was quite interesting that whilst he was sort of this heroic figure, you just couldn't trust his motives in the least. I mean, uh, it's hard to tell what exactly he wants from uh, the mysterious cities of gold. Gold, presumably. Presumably. But uh, you can never quite tell whose side he's on. Um, they're joined by Zia, who is a native South American girl uh, who was kidnapped from her land at the age of seven and transported to uh, Spain to basically be the pet of... Uh, the queen and also um, Tao uh, who is the last living descendant of the Hiva or Mu or whatever uh, empire the the, uh, the, con the continent that's now collapsed under the sea let's just call them the Mu yeah the Mu, Mu. Uh, so basically the series is a bunch of very much your kids' adventure stories, your boys' own uh, ripping yarns type thing, where this group of scrappy kids travel from place to place, um, going through temples and disrupting uh, conquistadors. So and kind of hardcore Famous Five. Yeah, basically. <laughs> or Treasure Island. Treasure Island's a good parallel. Speaking of which, these kids, of course, have a uh, animal sidekick, which is the fattest, fluffiest cartoon parrot you've ever seen. This parrot is the best character in the show. The parrot is really good. 
It's a very, very good parrot. Um, so what did you make of this? Because I, I, from what I gather, you were far less enthused with it than I was. Yeah, I found it really kind of dull, personally. It has the same very slow burn as Ulysses 31. It but... does, but then it also doesn't have an actually interesting story to kind of back it up, because the story never actually happens until the later episodes. I mean, it kind of does, but... It doesn't really have the same kind of immediate pull and grab that Ulysses had. No, you're Ulysses right. Ulysses is a slow burn, but it fucking gets straight in there. Boom, 15 minutes in, that beardy bloke is lost in space with no one, no, none of his friends there anymore. It's immediate. That's true. You're not even at the New World until episode three. Yeah. Uh, and also it completely lacks the gorgeous psychedelia yeah. that the uh, Ulysses 31 had and the extremely disco soundtrack. Although I will say, on that note, the opening theme to this uh, show, very good. Oh, the very yeah, Abba. Is, very Abba for me. Yeah, it's... It's it's a prime, primo bit of early Shuki Levy. Yeah. Shuki Levy, Haim Saban, and the third other guy that I can't remember the name of who is does the vocals for all this. Is Haim Saban in on this one? Oh, Haim Saban is absolutely in on this one. This would only be a few years after they both emigrated to yep, uh, Los Angeles to to be a duo of... Actually, a trio, because they had the vocalist guy that I can never remember the name of. Uh, the third credit on the Wikipedia page is one Ryuji Sasai. Ah, but that would be He is the, the... guitarist. Apparently. Really? He's, he's a former video game composer and bass guitarist. Uh, I would have thought he was actually the composer for the Japanese version, which had its own soundtrack. More than likely. Because uh, they were going to use the Japanese soundtrack for the English language version. In fact, yes, I can confirm that now as I'm reading it. Yeah. Uh, they were going to use the Japanese soundtrack for the English language version, but during development, uh, the creators saw that Ulysses 31's uh, kind of weird disco understated thing wasn't matching the uh, vision they had for kind of these adventure story things and they wanted something a little more Indiana Jones and somehow they ended up with Heisebon Shuki Levy I mean personally I have a bit more of a bias towards um, this era currently I'm big on pirates and all of the stuff that led up to the golden age of piracy so seeing stuff based on kind of the mythical new world uh the source of the spanish gold that led to the spanish main um, i have a great interest in that so i'm finding a lot of fun in seeing this take on the conquistadors and quite frankly i I didn't find it at all particularly unlikable. Uh, for all its slow burn, it, it's it got some very interesting uh, playing with concepts. Yeah, I mean, There's, it's... Hmm. It's a little too um, culturally appropriative. Yeah, I think outside of that issue, I would say there isn't really much you can complain about with the show, but I mean, that is the exact problem with it. The fact that there is not really enough there to talk about or even complain about in the first place is my main pick with it. I mean, yeah, 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 it's very slow and... It's a case of if you are not interested in this concept or story, you will have nothing here. There's nothing here in this show for you to even bother watching. If we had seen more of it, 
we probably would have enjoyed it more. No, but by this, you but, probably would have enjoyed it more. But by the point that I had seen more of it, you would have be you would have left the room and be doing something else. Yeah. Um, and also, as I was talking about the cultural appropriation, this whole ancient aliens idea—the idea that these ancient civilizations uh, were somehow guided by either some weird technologically advanced other people or whatever um ultimately isn't the message there that how could these white how could these non-white people have possibly done all this levers we've known about levers for i mean centuries millennia you you can do feats of engineering once you have basic mathematics and geometry it doesn't take that much when you have a near unlimited supply of manpower to do these things yeah i mean this entire thing that they keep presenting is absolutely hilarious um after every episode of the show they just come up with a random educational segment right at the end um that they were quite enjoyable yeah it's kind of interesting it's got that real kind of 70s um public information film oh yeah vibe it, it's, it. uh, it's... it had kind of the grainy feel of uh was it civilization the uh the 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 big 1970s history of the the of mankind i was thinking more along the lines of at your fingertips grasses personally <laughs> more than fair because that one is yeah that's got definitely got the right feel and narration to it but um there was one particular one that was in relation to what we we're just saying about it. um that was talking about the kind of walls and architecture and structures of, I think it was an Incan temple or something like that, these really ancient buildings. And um, it noted about how after that's like a big storm, it's always the modern buildings that kind of collapse or get damaged, while the Incan ones are perfectly fine. That's because the Incan ones are big single slab objects. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like, how do they do this? How do they manage to get the perfect combination of stones to make it perfectly like solid? And then it somehow, somehow has the goal to say that that is a possibility for alien technology. <laughs> Some blokes got their slaves to build a really bloody solid wall out of massive stones. It's aliens. Yeah. Like, and fucking hell, mate. Are you Arnold Rimmer? Yeah, and then all, of course, all of the other buildings are built under a capitalist society in a poor... <laughs> in a reasonably poor country. <sighs> so, yeah, that's, it's, that's mysterious cities of gold. I mean, oh, God, we could probably go in for days about these fucking people who talk about ancient civilizations as if they are like alien technology uh mentioning uh, one chariot specific... to the gods well yeah <laughs> <laughs> that guy but um i think it's probably best that we move on uh, can i actually talk about uh a couple of the voice actors though there oh, are yeah go ahead i mean aside from uh, the first couple um esther bond's voice actor shiraz adam never worked again is now an engineer apparently good for him uh zia's child actress only four credits i guess retired um Tao's voice actor Adrian Knight was also Telemachus in Ulysses 31. Ah. Uh, he now works as a Hollywood lo- no, not a Hollywood location manager, a uh, Canadian location manager in Vancouver, and uh, did location management um, mostly for television, but also for Life of Pi, Blades of Glory, and Battlefield Earth. Ha. Huh. 
Well, then. <laughs> and then um, the other guy of interest, uh, the guy who voices Mendoza, uh, Harold Rishpan, who has a great name, Harold Rishpan, uh, he was actually the show's... Uh, the I believe he was something to do with the English language script and also the voice director who only put himself forward uh, for the voice for a laugh and got chosen. Oh boy. Well uh, done, lad. <laughs> uh, he's now definitely retired. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the mysterious cities of gold. Um, certainly some interesting directions taken with history there. Now, you know what doesn't take particularly interesting directions with history? I have just... How... What can I do to delay talking about this fucking show? Right, this is fucking Liberty's kids. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This... I just... Man, I don't have anything on this thing. This is a cartoon from 2002 to 2003 um, that was shown on PBS uh, and is basically the story of these three kids living through various uh, historical like landmarks in American history, such as the Great like, American Revolution, the signing of the Constitution, and all sorts of gubbins like that, the Boston Tea Party and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's all just the... It's the revolution starting with the Boston Tea Party and I assume ending with them winning. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, During which they never age. Yeah. That's several years of history, but let's not... Uh... Uh, 16 years, to be precise. Yikes. <laughs> None of them age except for Benjamin Franklin. Ha! Huh. Uh, speaking of which, um, these three kids uh, actually work for Benjamin Franklin. They work for his uh, newspaper uh, publications uh, as kind of journalists, I guess. I, I think that's implied. I think they also distribute. Something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah... <laughs> I have such low uh, fucking notes on this thing because I mean you can describe this series as three kids experience historical landmarks in American history that's it basically you could take a documentary uh, with scenes recreating important moments from uh, American history and then green screen three children in front of it, and you would have the same effect. Yeah. Um, it's notable people keep parading around as Emmy-nominated, and yeah, it, it was Emmy-nominated, but specifically uh, for the performance of Benjamin Franklin. Oh, right, yes, this would which be... Which was done uh, by... Um, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, Walter Cronkite. Um, the archetypical American newsman, his uh, final role... And it shows. Please tell me who Walter Cronkite is, because this is going to be the bulk of the discussion for this thing, because American history is tainted, and I don't want to spend too long talking about it because I don't know shit about it, and I'm probably going to end up saying something bad if I do. So we're going to fill the time with voice actors, because there's really not much to <laughs> oh talk dear, about here. Oh dear, oh dear, Because it's a pretty fucking boring show. Because uh, the thing is, is it's an educational cartoon, 
and then it tries to slice in like some kind of comic relief things into it and utterly fails and one kid has this most amazingly fake French accent and I fucking hate it so much and the other one has a fake British accent and then the other one is just a fucking dick yeah he's a real arsehole and oh god people say it stands up today and yeah I kind of see that but like specifically if you're into American history and not like, like American history as it is told in schools and rather not like kind of full on I mean it does go I mean, into detail it goes into the bad shit I'll tell but... you what I like okay go for I it. like that it doesn't talk down to children yes it goes into massive detail about the politics behind uh, stuff like the Declaration of Independence. It's not just, oh, we all felt that we should be independent, so we signed it. No, it was because they wanted uh, to get aid from France, and if they declared themselves an independent state, they could gain uh, influence from the French to... to, um, eject... uh, I'm trying to remember American history, right? I would say the more important part... England's German allies from the country. (sighs) Yes, okay, sure. I learned something. Okay, good job. I fucking learned things from this show. Proud of you. Okay. The problem is, it's so boring and dry, and the three kids do nothing to help that. I would have said that the more keynote to the uh, not talking down to Tilson thing is that it goes into the big deep depths about things like slavery being a thing uh, and stuff like that it doesn't yeah, fucking shy I, away from i it. was massively surprised in one of the episodes we showed where they played off tarring and feathering as kind of a comic relief event and then 15 minutes later they they pointed out actually no this guy is horribly scarred for life literally and metaphorically it's i had to give it to it for that <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, I remember. Well, you say give it to you. I remember the distinct reactions you had, which were "fuck off, you've been a dick." It is not. It is a serious thing. It has to be boiling hot tar applied to your skin. It will burn his skin off. And then later on, it reveals that. Uh, yeah. Reveal to the kids that it's actually a bad thing, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, you literally right. <laughs> can't get it off. It pulls the skin off with it. It's yeah. It's oh. not nice. It's horrible. But anyway, the voice cast. <laughs> could you tell me who Walter Cronkite is, please? What's uh, what's he most famous for? Just give me the most famous example of his of his work, and then we'll move on. He's the archetypical American newsman. He is basically uh, the guy who codified how American news programs worked until the twenty four hour news cycle. Okay, cool. Um, also, let's just give me like a single sentence about who these characters are as well because i know not absolutely fuck all about american history i will know fuck all about half of them all right cool benjamin franklin uh benjamin franklin was a uh i i I mean he was a signatory of the uh in the declaration of independence but he was also a scientist he was the guy who had the key and the kite uh uh proving that electric that uh lightning was electrical current he also was a prolific writer who wrote uh various almanacs under the pseudonym of poor richard right okay cool uh sylvester sloan i don't think we need to uh, an explanation of that <laughs> legendary bloke i know him 
he played Paul Revere. Fucking sliced alone as Paul Revere. Yeah, sure. Uh, Paul Revere is the guy who did the Midnight Run. Uh, he rode a uh, he rode a horse down the coastline, shouting, "The British are coming! The British are coming!" Thus warning the colonies. Right. Uh, Sally Hemming did twice the run he did, and uh, doesn't get any of the credit because she was a woman. Business as usual then. Whee. Ben Stiller. Like we know Ben Stiller. Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Zoolander. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zoolander. Was he in Dodgeball? Um, I think he was in Dodgeball. Dodgeball and Underdog Story. Quite possibly. Uh, don't mess with the Zohan, I believe. Yes. Uh, uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> there's uh, one people who'll actually remember. Yeah. Uh, he plays Thomas Jefferson as... Uh, fucking I know Thomas Jefferson but I can't remember who Thomas Jefferson is uh, just say he's an inventor I remember that much what did he invent Jefferson isn't an inventor okay Franklin was the inventor what did he popularise uh, Jefferson was just one of the key figures in American independence cool That's... Billy Crystal Billy Crystal is an actor and comedian Oh, he's the voice of Mike Wachowski in Monsters, Inc. Ah, blimey. Okay, that's quite the... Uh... <laughs> right, okay. Uh, he plays John Adams. Oh, God. John Adams. Uh, I I can't remember John okay, Adams. Okay, moving on. Uh, we actually saw an episode with John Adams in, but I can only remember his brother You made beer, I think. Okay, cool. Moving Something on. Like that. Moving on. Quick fire out. Okay. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is a famous American actor. Uh, They're all famous American actors. That's the point of me writing them down. It's a celebrity cast. You need to say who are they, who are what they did. Please give me just a moment to Google it and make it sound like I know vaguely what I'm talking about. No. Um, I mean, just Dustin Hoffman is an incredibly famous actor. Uh, he was, oh yeah, he was Hook and Hook. You seen Hook? Yeah, I remember seeing Hook. He played Hook. Okay, cool. He plays Benedict Arnold. Uh, Benedict Arnold was a famous... Well, they say traitor, but let's face it, it's the American Revolution. Everyone was a traitor, everyone was a traitor but Benedict Arnold. Okay, cool. Um, Arnie Schwarzenegger, <laughs> he's Arnie. It's just Yeah, Arnie. we know Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Terminator, kindergarten cop, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, he plays Baron von Struben. Who bloody knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, taken. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, John Paul Jones. Uh, some figure from American history? Whoopi Goldberg. We know Whoopi Goldberg. Sister act. She's cool. Um, she plays Deborah Simpson. Uh, I can tell you who John Paul Jones is now. Okay, uh, he too was... late. We've moved on. <laughs> he was No. The... Quick fire round! If you don't know, we're moving on! Fine. No idea who Whoopi Goldberg's playing, but considering that she's black, probably someone who is a slave. No use! It has to be after my shouty bit. Damn it. Who's Deborah Simpson? Uh, I'm assuming that she is a, a major black American figure or slave. Okay, cool. Annette Benning. Who bloody knows? Okay, plays Abigail Adams. Uh, that would be John Adams' wife. Cool. Uh, Don Francisco. Uh, this is a deeper cut than I know. Okay. Please, uh, Bernardo de Galvez. Again, 
Sounds Spanish, maybe? Yeah, probably. That's everyone. <laughs> it's not. They just keep coming. It's horrible. Oh, boy. Um, but no, the biggest problem with this is that it just fails to engage. Yeah, it's fucking boring. Uh, it's not only boring, but it... Because it's so determined to keep to history exactly as it happened, its cast of children can't do anything. It's like they're time travellers who are terrified of altering the events of history. Yeah, they don't really do anything. They just kind of stand there they're and en- just gaze on. They're entirely auxiliary to the plot. Completely. And yet are the centre of the show. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, where are we ranking both of these shows on the list? Ooh, God. Um, shall we start with Liberty's Kids? Okay. Because this will be the easier one. Yeah, I am going to agree. And I'm going to say our good starting point would be Gadget Boy Adventures in History. Worse. <laughs> Do you want to know what number that's at? Is that 33? Out of? Uh, 38. Okay, so... <laughs> underneath Gadget five. Boy is Underneath Gadget Boy is Double Dragon. I would say we have more to talk about with Double Dragon I than we did with this. I had a slight soft spot for Double Dragon, even though it was it shit. Was, it was shit, but it, it was it's definitely um, shit you can riff on, for sure. It, yeah, it was just bafflingly bad. I don't think it's as bad as Super Duper Sumo's, though. Oof. Um, yeah. It, it has content. Yeah, it has uh, content. It's a bit boring, but... Um, very boring. Yeah. Racism levels um, potentially on the same point. I mean, no. I mean, one is intentional, and the other one is uh, probably also intentional. Well, Wait, what? Uh, well, um, uh, oh right, uh, the the the, uh, the mm. yeah. Mm. Um, well, underneath Sumos is Ultra Force, and I'm gonna say I think- I'm making an executive decision. Liberty's Kids is better than Ultra Force. Uh, yeah, it's better than Super Duper Sumo's. Yeah. Okay. I learned things from this. I got dumber when I watched Super Duper Sumo's. Yeah, okay. I'll agree with you there. Okay, so what about uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold? Where should we put that? Now, I, I would rate this a lot higher than you would, which is going yes. to cause some consternation. Let S- us start at the most similar point for this, which would be Ulysses 31 sitting at number 7. Okay, not as good. Obviously not as good. Nowhere near as good. No. Uh, uh, so let's let's um, speed it off a bit. Let's go down five places from there, uh, which would be number 13, Battletoads. Hmm. I think it's better than Battletoads. I do not. As much as I liked Battletoads, Battletoads was just another antics show with really bad animation. Mm. Mysterious Cities of Gold has really gorgeous animation for what it is. Okay, well, above Battletoads is the Care Bears. Ooh. Mm. Which I'm not sure about, honestly. There was something weirdly and inherently jo- enjoyable about the Care Bears. Yeah, that's true. For all of its saccharine... I think it, I think it was probably the fact that it was so, like, subconsciously sinister feeling. Yeah? It was very strange, and it kind of uh, was amusing to watch and just kind of point out all the things that are very weird with it. Um, um, what's directly above Care Bears? P- 
Pucci. <laughs> which, mm, well. There are definitely <laughs> parallels. Yeah, there's definitely parallels there. And I think probably Mysterious Seasons of Gold is more historically accurate. <laughs> And um, possibly less, uh, possibly more racist. Yeah, yeah. Or less racist, hard hmm. to say. I, I'm going to say it's below Poochie. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Poochie should have gone to series. It really should have. It really honestly should have. It's <laughs> fucking great protag. Interesting writing. Interesting concept. I just, there's a lot to like about Poochie. Enjoyably weird. Yeah. But this isn't an episode about Poochie. It's an episode no. about Mysterious Cities of Golden Liberties kids. Uh, okay, so our zone, so to speak, is uh, either above or below the Care Bears. I'm going to leave that to you. No, you're not. I've already argued that it should be above... Uh... No, you have not. You no. have gone, oh yeah, Care Bears was also good. You argued that it should be above Battletoads but below yes, Poochie. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, which means that we are literally in the stalemate of above or below Care Bears, and I don't know, and you don't know, so shit. <laughs> um, which would you rather watch an episode of? Anything. It's not... You shouldn't ask me, the person who personally did not think this show was very good. Okay, but what would you rather watch an episode of? You personally. <laughs> Would you rather real Ghostbusters? To be honest, <laughs> would you rather try and watch another episode of the Mysterious Cities of Gold, or would you rather watch an episode of Care Bears? Care Bears, hand down. Then it goes yep. below Care Bears. Okay, okay. <laughs> and with that, that puts Liberty's Kids at number thirty-six, and Mysterious Cities of Gold at number thirteen. Okay, so look here, right? You enjoying this show? Grand. So are we. Give us a rating on iTunes. Tell us how you feel about it. Check out the other episodes and our older podcasts if you're not done so yet on mostlycobals.com. And also, if you haven't done so already, do a little subscribe to this very show, either through iTunes or through the RSS feed, Google Play Podcasts, whatever you use, man. Just subscribe to it. It's cool. You'll get the new episodes in oh, every week. Every two every weeks, rather. Week. Every two weeks. I scuppered that line. Ah, oh, well, we're leaving it in. Goodbye. <laughs>